So the first is the Holy Spirit reveals to instruct. Instruction, as I was thinking about it, it has two sides. Instruction is teaching, but it is also in giving understanding and knowledge in direction. So it's teaching as to understanding and knowledge, but it is also instruction as in teaching, which leads to understanding and knowledge. And then there is instruction as in direction, setting before someone order and specific detail as to how something ought to be executed. So when someone is instructed in a particular study, they're taught not only the what of the subject itself, but also the how of how it is to be executed. Psalm 86.11 says this, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear for your name. Teach me, teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk. Bring me into understanding, in other words, so that I might walk in the ways of wisdom. David's prayer is that he would both know and act, right? It isn't just understanding of knowledge, but it is also direction and how we are to apply and act accordingly. See, this is vitally important because the knowledge and understanding that we receive by the Spirit should always lead to application and to action. It isn't just an ascent of knowledge that we pursue as Christians, but it's the outward act of that knowledge as it's applied to our lives. So as the Holy Spirit teaches us as he reveals us and illuminates truth, it should always lead to some action unto the Lord Jesus, of course. In the two passages that I read from John, Jesus indicates that this instruction will come from the Holy Spirit, whom he begins by identifying in that first passage in 13, whom he, or in 14, he, who he begins by identifying as the Holy Spirit who is a helper. That's the, the Greek translation of spirit in that gospel of John is helper. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to take the place of Christ then with the apostles after his ascension. The Holy Spirit, you see, is the link between God and humanity. It was always God's intention that he must go so that he could send the great helper. It was God's intention that the Holy Spirit would take the place of Christ once he had ascended to lead the disciples, to lead his followers into a deeper knowledge of the gospel of truth and give them divine strength that is needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of his kingdom. This is true of us today as well, church. We believe and we teach that the manifestations of grace, of the grace of God, in and through his church by his spirit, will still continue to this day. It has not ended. He is still present among us. God's purpose was not just that he would be present to lead his apostles into all truth, although that is the context of that portion of text. But it still continues with his church today. His spirit is here to help us, to guide us, to give us insight and instruction. And what does the scripture say that he'll instruct us in? It's truth, but it's not just truth in a singular sense. It's it's truth that is past, present, and future truth. We can look to the past to what God has done and the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds us of how that is working in tandem with what God is doing presently today. The Spirit, the great helper, He instructs us in what ought to be presently 
and what we ought to know now in the areas that we need to grow in now in our lives, the Holy Spirit is here for us to learn and to know and to understand. And He leads us towards what will be. The future plans that Christ's redemptive redemptive plan has here on earth. He declares to us these things, John said. He declares to us the things that are to come. The Spirit proclaims and makes these things known to us. Which leads to the point of this. The question should never be why. The question should always be what. In any circumstance of life, in in this moment that's around us, in in the cultural moment, it isn't why is this happening. Why would God allow this to happen? How often do we hear that question for those outside of the faith? But for those of us who are in the faith, the question should always be what? What God are you teaching? What are you calling me to walk in? What must I remember? What must I speak? What have you declared that is to come? What have you revealed to your church? What? 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 That's the question to be asking right now. That's part of what it is to take inventory within the church as well. Are we oriented rightly? Are we positioned rightly? Are we asking the right questions? Are we seeking God for the right answer? What? What are you doing, Lord? And different from the guidance which Rick spoke of last week, which was much of the how, how God leads and how God guides, this instruction that we're promised by the Spirit is for our growth and maturation, that we would grow up in the faith. It's, it's the what of the how. God teaches us, He instructs us, so that we will grow in maturity as believers. Right? That's kind of a common one. That's common sense. The second is that he, the Holy Spirit illuminates. The illuminating work of the Holy Spirit is seen in the fact that He enables us to understand the illumination, the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit is seen in that He enables us to understand. He enables us to understand. Psalms 119.18 says this, Open my eyes is the prayer that I may see and behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes. That should be our prayer right now, church. Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Open my eyes that I might understand not just knowledge and wisdom while we're asking for that, but that I would understand what you are doing, Lord, in these days. What are you about in these times? And how does the church align itself with what you are doing and what you are saying? Does this make sense? We're asking the Lord to open our eyes. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. It isn't just to teach us things from Scripture. While that is significant and important, but it's to speak to our hearts, to lead His church, to guide His church through moments of cultural, whether it's unrest or whether it's moments of cultural victory, still the Lord is calling His church to be wise and to be discerning and to be alert. Open my eyes. In other words, it's a work of the Holy Spirit to make known something that was previously unperceived or un <clears throat> excuse me unperceived or undiscerned it's the work of the holy spirit in illumination the word we often use which paul used in the ephesians 1 text that we read is the word revelation 
he says that the Father of glory may give you the spirit, again, that's capital S, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the role of the spirit to give wisdom and revelation. And as we said a few weeks ago, his name is holy. As he reveals things to us, the point is that it leads us towards holiness, both individually and his church. Let's remember how these work together as we're going through studying how the Holy Spirit works. So what types of illumination does God give? First, he gives illumination to understand his will in circumstances. He gives illumination to understand his will in circumstances. How many of you today have desired that at some point in time or another? To know the will of God in your life. All of us have desired that. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is what the Lord desires us to know as well. And He wants to teach us that by His Holy Spirit. Secondly, He gives illumination to understand how He is at work in all of this. We will not understand and see perfectly or clearly, but it is His desire that His church and that we as His church are not rudderless and aimless in our faith, but that we are pointed, that we are clear, and that we are effective as we follow Him. One of the really clear examples of this in Scripture is in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, when it's recording all of the mighty men who have come to David and Ziklag as he's run from Saul and he's, he's, he's hunkered down in this city. And it starts recounting all of the mighty men who have united themselves and gathered around David. And there's men of, of great valor, great numbers of men who are warriors. There's skilled men. And right kind of smack dab in the middle of it, it says this in verse 32. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Those were men who had come to David. Here's this group of men who somehow the, the Lord was using them and giving them illumination to understand what was happening in that time. But again, not just knowledge here, but understanding that led to what Israel ought to do. See, right now, this is the thing that we should be asking the Lord for. God, open my eyes that I might understand what I am to do. Open our eyes that we may perceive what is your will for us right now in this moment. All throughout the Old Testament too, we have example after example of God raising up men and women who would give circumstantial clarity in order to call and point others to what He is doing. Of course, we have the prophets whom He spoke to. But men like Joshua, men like Samson, Joseph, Ezra, Nehemiah, all throughout Scripture, women like Esther as Rick spoke of last week, whom God would speak to, who would illuminate the circumstances of the times to in order to lead His people, in order to lead His nation, in order to show Himself and reveal Himself to the world around. That is what God wants to do today through His church. And He begins with us. He teaches us that we might grow up into maturity and He illuminates us with understanding that we might discern and perceive what it is that He is doing today. I don't know about you, but I pray for this more and more and more. 
Just this morning I was sitting there saying, Lord, speak to me today. Show me today how to lead this church into faith. Show me, Lord, speak to me how to lead my family well. Shannon and I were having a conversation this morning just about a family matter, and I was sitting there, and and there wasn't 100% agreement on something, and it was like I went to the Lord, and I just said, Lord, show me, speak to me, teach me. Write a simple thing that we probably all pray each day. It's what God desires to do. And then, of course, when we come to the New Testament, and we have the archetype, which is Jesus Christ, the firstborn of many who would come after, who would discern the will of His Father throughout all of His earthly ministry. We come from Him. We follow in His pattern. He heard. He discerned. He sought. He received by the Spirit. So too do we do the same. But as it was said last week, and this is so important, we have to remember that as it pertains to, these, to the illumination that the Holy Spirit gives us, it's always held against the revelation of God's will within Scripture. God will never show you or speak to you or tell you to act in a certain way that is contrary to what He has revealed within Scripture. This is how we keep ourselves anchored. This is how we ensure that we are, we are moored properly is the Word of God. And so as Rick said last week, if you want to understand, if you want to be positioned rightly, submit yourself to the will of God. Submit yourself to the learning of Scripture. Submit yourself to instruction of the Holy Spirit through the written Word. It necessitates that we would know what His Word actually says and position ourselves to receive. This is what I was saying earlier when I was saying I'm not so much interested in what the world is writing right now. I want to hear what God is saying. I want to hear what God is saying. I think we all would agree with that statement. Let's hear God. That's one of the reasons on Sunday mornings we open the invitation. This, is, this isn't a spectator sport. Church is, a, is a, an all-saints participation. So when we gather on Sundays, I want to hear what God is saying to you. Because as we begin to hear from each other, we begin to get a clearer sense of what God is speaking to us as a community. And of course, we hold it against what's revealed in His Word. But man, I want to hear who God is in you. I need to hear that. Just as much as you need to hear who God is through me, we need one another. So I want to hear God. So what do we do? So I go to His Word. I read what other godly men and women are writing. I listen to what they're saying. And then I go back to His Word again. And then I look for and I study throughout Scripture, throughout history, the arc of His redemptive plan. Then I go back to the Word of God again. And I keep looking and I keep probing. What are you speaking? What are you saying? And how does it align with what's revealed? And then somewhere in there is where we find ourselves within his greater plan, between the beginning and between the end. And here we are today. And so our question should always be, God, what are you about? What are you doing? What are you speaking? And so our confidence, you guys, lies in the fact that it is God's desire to teach us, 
to instruct us and to illuminate to, so that we might perceive and discern the times in which we live. And it isn't just the right of some like uber priest of the third order of Archimedes, you know, who is the one that hears and receives all things and disseminates the word of God to his faithful followers. No. If to, listen, if today, if you don't believe that God speaks to you, I'm here to tell you that he is, that he does. He speaks to you just as much as he speaks to me, just as much as he speaks to the other elders and leaders of this church. His desire is to speak to you. His desire is for you to hear. Because he's given the Spirit to teach you, to lead you, to instruct you. Not just me to tell you. Or your spouse to tell you, right? This is an issue of, of stewardship, you guys. I think in some cases we don't always have because we actually don't ask. And then sometimes I think too that the reason that we don't see is because our view is obstructed by too much stuff. Again, it's a position issue. We're not positioning ourselves. You're sitting here today going like, well, I don't hear from God. Well, do you pray and do you read your word? That's the first spot where you can begin. Have you positioned yourselves to hear from God? Have you submitted yourselves to godly men who would lead the church that would give instruction for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to train you and to lead you? Or do you come because your parents make you and you resent it? Or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Are you here today because your parents made you come? I thought so. <laughs> but no matter what the... Truth remains that this is God's will for us. So what I want to do is I just want to land with two things. The first is our confidence as it pertains to His leading us. And the second is our confidence as it pertains to His faithfulness to keep us as we're led. So for those, again, who would say that God doesn't speak to you in this way or that, that you don't feel like you hear God giving you instruction or illumination, I would say this, you have to begin by taking hold of what is true. We read out of 2 Corinthians um, where he says in, in chapter 2, verse 12, Paul begins by saying that we have received the Spirit who gives us understanding. That was the text that we read. We have received the Spirit who gives us understanding. That's the beginning. Today, if you are in Christ, you have received the Spirit who gives you understanding. The Spirit of God indwells our bodies. And if our bodies, so too our minds, Right? He ends just a few verses after that, of that verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 2, and he says this. He ends it by saying, you have the mind of Christ. Wow, what a crazy statement. I thought, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, and no one can perceive the mind of God, etc., etc. Paul says here, you have the mind of Christ. The reason that Paul can say this in 16 is because of what he says in verse 12. That you have been given the Spirit of God for wisdom and understanding. It's this person who has the Spirit who can discern God, who can discern God's ways by the means of God's indwelling Spirit. It's the person who has the Spirit of God indwelling within them that can discern His ways. If He indwells us in our bodies, 
He indwells us in our minds as well. We can perceive the ways and the thoughts of God towards something because it's His Spirit, as He says in verse 10, who searches the deep things of God, who indwells us and who leads us. It's the Spirit of God who knows the thoughts of God, who knows the mind of God, who knows the will and the intent of God, who lives in you and who lives in me and seeks to lead us accordingly. That's our confidence today. So if you don't believe that God speaks to you, I'm here to tell you, you are dead wrong. God will speak to you. God will give you wisdom and understanding because His Spirit lives within you if you have placed your faith in Him today. I would say it's just a matter of positioning. It's a matter of reorienting yourself accordingly. In other words, we can because we have. We can do because He has given And as to our assurance in Christ Jesus, Jesus ends in his own words his statement in John 14 with this. Following what we read, he says this, He will teach you all things, which is what we read. In verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then in verse 28, he says this, You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you if you loved me. You would not have rejoiced. You would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. So I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. And then he ends this whole thing by saying this, a very simple statement. Rise. Let's go from here. I would say this to the church today. Rise, church. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Rather, let's rise. Let's go on in the things of Jesus Christ. By the power and by the leading of His Spirit. He says, peace I give to you. Not the peace of this world, because it's not true peace. But it's peace that I give to you by my Spirit. We have assurance today, church. We have assurance that God will keep us as He leads us because He promises to finish the work that He began. Right? We have assurance. So this morning, don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be fearful. Do not be anxious. God is at work. It's our responsibility now to determine what is He doing and how do we align ourselves with what He's about doesn't mean that there isn't wisdom. There is wisdom in all of that, which might mean that you need to perhaps adapt something in your life as you feel the Lord leading you in certain ways. But don't let it be contrary to what is within Scripture. The Lord at this moment is not calling this church to stay home and worship to podcasts. He's allowing us to continue to worship through state governance, which we will continue to do. And so we will obediently and faithfully continue to do so, knowing that God is at work in all of it. Amen? Stand with me, please. Why don't you do it right now? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to step out here in faith. I was driving down this morning... <clears throat> on the way in, and I just, I just sensed the Lord say to me, 
and it was for me, I've given you understanding. And today when Matt read out of the First Chronicles 12 about the sons of Issachar, that they were those that would understand, they would have understanding and know. Let me read it exactly as it says it. Men who had understanding of the times, so to know what Israel ought to do. And then Daniel chapter 12, the very last chapter of Daniel, Daniel asks a question. He says, O Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And the Lord said to him, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. None of the wicked shall understand, but he says this, but those who are wise shall understand. Can I say to you, before the Lord in all humility, I believe part of the calling of this church is as, it, as a people of Issachar. I believe God has given us understanding, is giving us understanding of what it means to be alive in the day in which we're living. And I want to tell you that is no small thing. I want to say that to you because I want you to know that you can trust our hearts, that we are seeking God, and that we are desiring to be right in the middle of God. So we are not just kind of in the slipstream of what everything else, everybody else is saying and thinking. But I really do believe, and I think part of my calling is as a son of Issachar. And I believe that that is what's in this church. I believe it's in Matt's heart and all the elders' hearts, is that we feel that God wants to give us understanding in this day to encourage not only this local faith community, but the church at large to live the way that the church is being called to live. And I just say that before the Lord today to encourage you because I believe the Lord, as Matt just so well taught, he will give all of us understanding and the Holy Spirit will teach us and help us to know what it means today to live in the world we're living in for his glory. Amen.